welcome again to a novel evening. I'm Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books. And in this episode, I am joined by Joanna Quinn, author of The Wellbone Theatre. If you haven't seen this book everywhere, I'm going to assume you've been sleeping in a cave or something, or you're going into hibernation. Um, it is sensational. Um, it was recently chosen by Jenna Bush via the Today Show alongside our queen consort and her book club reading room. Um, Cannot tell you enough how excited I am to chat with Joanna, dive into her love of our home county, all about her novel, and then to dive into her novel evening. I might have a So a massive hello to Joanna, hello. Hello, hi, thank you for having me. Oh no, thank you so, so much for coming on. I'm really excited to chat with you. I I hope you're good today. I am very good thank you I've got coffee and a cat here somewhere so good to go. (laughs) What else do you need coffee and a cat I feel like that's all you need in life. So first and foremost the Wellbone Theatre firstly a massive congratulations because it's done so incredibly well like insanely well I mean how are you kind of still reeling a bit from it all? Yeah no it it doesn't seem real at all it feels a bit like um some kind of weird waking dream <laughs> where you just sort of because you you I don't know when I was writing the book um obviously you always hope that things are going to be published but you try not to be too hopeful and when I was getting towards the end of it my expectations were just I just kept telling myself just finish the book and even if it's never published you've written a book and you can go and try and write something again just get to the end of it and finish it so I'd, that was kind of where my expectation level was. So I was amazed that it was published and for it to be successful, like properly successful in this country and America was not even like on my radar. It's just crackers, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's also, obviously it was chosen for Reading Room, the Reading Room, uh, chosen by Camilla, the Queen Consort. I mean, how surreal was that? Yeah, it was all... Um, it was this strange thing where I actually heard about all of that through my American publisher because it was chosen for Camilla's reading room as part of a joint pick with the American book club Read With Jenna, which is part of a Today Show. It's um, Jenna Bush, right? So, Jenna Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. so she, she'd picked it and then they were sharing their choices with uh, the Queen Consort and she picked it as well. So it ran in the same month. Yeah, so it was like a joint thing that they did together. So it was that was just like just one of those things would have been amazing, but to have them both was really really amazing. So I saw on your on your stories on Instagram. Obviously, you went with Jenna Bush, <laughs> a little palace thing. I mean, were you just pinching yourself the entire time you were doing that? Yeah, I mean, it was. They were all so lovely and they're all so kind, but it's not something I've ever done before. I've never been filmed before, been on telly or anything like that. Um, and that it was Jenna Bush, she's like yeah. you know, daughter of a president on the telly in America, and I'm in a royal <laughs> residence with her. It was, yeah, it was all just completely unreal. And even when I look at it now, I think, was that real? Was that at all real? <laughs> and you went to America as well, didn't you? Did I see you went over there as well? I mean... Yeah, I did. I was really lucky. I got flown over to New York, and I went on the Today Show, which was... I was so, so nervous and so, <laughs> um, 
you just yeah it's all just quite overwhelming it's these things that you see happening to other people and then suddenly you're in the middle of them and what was quite surreal is when I was there for some reason Prue Leith had been on just before me and then Alan Cumming the actor was there as well so I was surrounded by these really famous people just going what is going on but you met you met Prue Leith and you met Alan Cumming and well I smiled I smiled ah. at Prue. I can't say I met her and I Alan Cumming came and said hello to me but it was just before I was about to go on and I was just so nervous I think I, I'm not even sure I managed to string a sentence together um but yeah and then I got to, yeah went and had um did lots of book signings in New York which was really fun as well I mean it's so deserved I mean your your book has done incredibly well for a reason and I mean like you say and just just be so surreal because you see people do these things you know I I write and I see people like yourself and I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd never get to do that happens to other people. But, you know, like you're proof that it happens to you. Yeah. And it's strange as well, because I think part of the reason I was trying to like um, manage my expectations around my own book is that it's a lot of the things that people say first book shouldn't be. It's really long. It's like a hefty read. It's quite it's nothing contemporary about it. It's set in the past. Um, there's nothing sort of topical or newsworthy about the events that I talk about. You know, it's not something that is part of a, a wider debate at the moment. So I just didn't think that I didn't think that it would be something that 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 all that stuff would happen to. I thought if I was lucky, it might get published and it would find some nice readers, maybe people who work in bookshops. <laughs> you know, like those kinds of sorts of people would like it. But I didn't think it would be a a bigger book than that. I mean, for me as well, you know, I'm Dorset, born and bred. I'm from a very small Dorset town. And I think there's this idea that success of that level happens to like city folk. You know, if you if you're in London, you're in New York, you write a book. But it's really for me, it's really inspirational to see somebody from Dorset doing so amazingly uh, on a personal level. I just think it's it's incredibly cool. And your yeah. story is a, a love story to Dorset, right? I, you feel it in the story. Yeah, it is. I think, um, yeah, I, I think I probably had that same kind of idea that I would probably need to be younger and cooler and living in a city to be published. Um, and, but yeah, and I think like Dorset, I've lived here most of my life off and on, uh, went away for the university and things like that since I was a child. Um, and I think the fact fact that we moved here from London when I was a child has meant that it's always been a slightly romantic place to me it felt like when I got here that I'd moved in well I was obsessed with Swallows and Amazons as a child so that those kind of books where kids run around and explore and make maps and things so when I moved to Dorset and I could run around and explore and make maps and things it felt quite magical to me um and so it was it was a kind of a chance to go back and think about um what it, what it feels like to be a child that grows up in the countryside and also it was kind of a lesson in not neglecting your own, your in the, the history of the area where you live. Because I sometimes think we don't look hard enough at the places where we live because we're so accustomed to them, they just become familiar. Um, and I'd worked as a local reporter in Dorset a million years ago. So I knew lots of little bits about it, but I'd never really thought about writing about like the war in Dorset or things like that. And as soon as you do, you go, oh, this is this stuff is great. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I love hearing you say that because I feel like, you know, Bridport for me was home and I feel like particularly, it's probably true for lots of places, but for me, I feel like Dorset has a way of calling you back as well. And I was very lucky. I had a very outdoors childhood. You know, I grew up surrounded by hills and countryside and you can just be free in a way I, I don't think children can so much these days. 
and also it has a really rich history it does and in all, I mean, my book covers just the first bit of the 20th century, but there are sort of little nods back to a deeper history because just on the, I live in um, in a village just outside Dorchester near the South Dorset Ridgeway. And you'll know if you know this part of Dorset, along the top of the Ridgeway, there's lots of burial mounds, prehistoric burial. Yeah, yeah I grew up in Dorchester when I was, I lived there first, then Bridport. So I'm very familiar. That's that's something that's, uh, yeah, you see, she said that. I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, I know. <laughs> So, so there's that deep history, which I've put in a few burial mounds in my book. And then there's the wartime history, which is fascinating as well. And it's just, um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love, and, it, and the other thing for me was that I could write about it without leaving the house if I needed to describe a beach. <laughs> it's, I know these places so well. Um, and when I was a child, we lived in a village called Osmington. And we used to roam the coast up and down um, Osmington, Ringstead, White Nose, all over there. So that's my my sort of hunting ground really that's in my that's in me so I can just summon that up without leaving the comfort of my laptop <laughs> and where did the idea for the Wellbone Theatre come from how did you come up with this idea well people people keep asking I know it's, a, it's an obvious question to ask and I always sort of come up with an answer but the more I've thought about this I don't think there was ever a single moment where I had a clear idea and I think that might be a useful thing for people who are writing to know, which is that when I set off, I didn't have an idea of what it was going to be. I just had a vague sense that I wanted to write about a family in Dorset. Um, and that was that kind of was like, again, that was a kind of a patchwork of lots of different things that came together. I'd read a book called The Village That Died for England, which is about Tynum in Dorset. Which oh, is such an eerie place to visit. So, so eerie. <laughs> Uh, this village that was forcibly um, evacuated in the Second World War so they could use the area for training. And so it became like this ghost village. And I'd read this amazing book by called um, The Villager Died for England. And it's, it was like a really interesting history of Dorset. And I thought, mm, maybe I should write about Dorset. And maybe I could do that through a family that lives there for a long period of time. And I could look at the history of Dorset. So I sort of had that going on. I kind of had the idea that I might want to write about neglected children who sort of bring themselves up. And then as I went on, other things came and I put them in. So the whale, for example, came from, I used to briefly lived in Boscombe and there's a really good display on the pier in Boscombe about a whale that washed up there. So I think I had that in my mind. I'd read a good book that um, called Wreckers by Bella Bathurst, which gave me the facts that all the whales that wash up on the shores of England are owned by the monarch by right. That's a law. Which I, that's wild. <laughs> And I really like that idea because it's one of those ideas, um, a lot of the book is about, um, always thinking about ideas of inheritance and entitlement and you get to do this because you're a boy and you get to do this because you're British and, and then challenging those ideas. So I like the idea that my one of my children in my book could find a whale or think that they own it and then find out that it's automatically owned by the king who hasn't even seen it. Um, so that kind of fed the whale in um, so everything kind of came as I went along. Yeah, it wasn't a single genius. I think that's idea. fantastic as well for people who do write to know, because I think there's this idea, you have to have everything mapped out before you even start. And I love the idea of you finding this story, well, really this story finding you as you're going through it, you picking up on these ideas. And I think that's that's so interesting. Yeah, and it changed a lot as well. I, I think I, in my mind, initially it was quite... Um, it was a different kind of book, had a different kind of feel. And as it went along, I tried to steer it in the direction I thought it should go and it kind of resisted and it came back to being a different story. And I didn't I didn't even know how it was going to end till I was writing the end. I literally didn't know till I got there. 
I had a few things. I knew I always wanted to take it to Paris because I just liked the idea of going to occupy Paris. I knew I wanted to do a bit 1920s bohemianness um, because I love that that particular era of history. Yeah, but the rest of it, I I kind of literally made it up as I went along. <laughs> it's just fantastic. I absolutely adore it. And obviously, now you've had you've had the Wellbeing Theatre. You've had this insane success. I'm guessing the book two is something you're probably asked about <laughs> fairly often. It's one of the questions like, oh God. But like, you know, have you got an idea for book two? Yeah, well, I've got two ideas for two for a book two and a book three. Um, but I'm gonna do the shorter one first, because I thought I'd try and do because Wellbone is a chunky family saga. Um, and I wanted to try my hand at like something shorter with a smaller cast of characters. Um, just to like try out those different writing muscles, really. Um, and I, when I was researching Whalebone, I came across a tiny little fact that's about um, something that happened in the 1940s, which I hadn't heard before. And I thought, oh, that, that's what I'm going to do next. So it's the same sort of era, um, but it's, it's a different country. So oh, it's a different country. Okay. Okay, that's very yeah. exciting. Um, I hope it all goes well. I'm very excited yeah, for it. Now you sound like, ooh, this sounds like a mystery. <laughs> it's probably scary to try and think about writing something else because like, when you do the first one, it's, you're, it's there's a freedom in it because no one's expecting it. And now I'm like, oh my God. There's no expectation <laughs> yeah. is there other than the expectation you have of yourself to get it done. You know, you don't yeah. even know if anyone will ever read it. But no. now you know, you know, the odds are someone's going to read this book now. So yeah I don't know if I want to do the same kind of book again which is kind of terrifying too because I think you feel like um that you know people like that I'll just do the same again it it would be quite tempting but I think that I don't think I would just yeah that doesn't seem like a worthwhile thing to do but that's interesting so now with your novel evening I'm I mean we're going to be somewhere in Dorset well, yeah, I did. I had a few ideas, but I thought I might actually go to my own fictional house, seeing as I have, like, so you did say that I could go to a fictional place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Any, anything goes. Yeah, Chilcombe would be, if I, if I had the chance to live there, my fictional house, I think I would quite like to live in it. I now, do the it. name Chilcombe as well, I feel like, is this an amalgamation of some other places in Dorset? Because it's a very Dorset name. Yeah, when I was choosing all my place names in Dorset, I had a book called Dorset Place Names. Yeah. And um, the village in my book is called Chilcombe Mel, which is basically a mashup of two. There's Chilcombe, which is in the West Dorset, and yeah. there's Irish Mel, which is over by Lulworth. So I spliced the two together. And then because I then had to name the house, and the houses are often named after the place, I went, oh, I'll just call it Chilcombe. Um, there is actually a real Chilcombe house in Dorset, which... Does, which is quite weirdly similar, but it's not based on that house. I didn't know about that house when I was writing my book. Ah, I would think because when you said I was like, yeah, that that rings a bell, but that's, that's confusing now. But yeah, yeah, okay. So Chilcombe, <laughs> we're going to go to. Yeah. Okay, which I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, what kind of evening are we going for? Is this kind of an intimate dinner party kind of affair? Yeah, well, I not to be all when I was with the royal family about it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, did you? Meet Camilla did you get to meet her weirdly I didn't meet Camilla oh. she wasn't there but I did meet um Prince our now King Charles um because he was hosting um some people from the Prince's Foundation and he was kind enough to invite me and Jenna and the, and our uh, along for the dinner in the evening 
and it was it was so magical it was like I'd actually gone through the veil into real life Downton Abbey because it was like candlelit and people were wearing kilts and formal evening wear and there were lovely people just serving you canapes and things like that what do you wear what do you wear for that dinner well I literally bought everything online all all of it (laughs) had it delivered to my house and then cried and wept and panicked about that for a long time but in the end I wore like a long it was a long evening gown um which had little sparkly bits on it but yeah okay so we are going a little bit when you hung out with the royal family we're going okay I mean to be fair if you've done it once you'd want to do it again right I might not be quite as grand as that but I did like the candle lightingness I like the candle lit and the kind of um sort of traditional English dinner party I think yeah I like this I like these vibes you've got me on board already (laughs) okay who's the first person who's gonna who's gonna be ushered in well I mine's a weird mix of like fictional and non-fictional people but I've just finished um well I had COVID earlier this year and it was I wasn't too poorly and it gave me a chance to do lots and lots of reading that I really wanted to do and I finished Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall trilogy and it was just just the most perfect reading experience being very slightly poorly but reading this amazing book so my first guest would be Thomas Cromwell (laughs) oh and her Cromwell is just yeah and he's going to sit next to me and I feel like he would also feel quite at home in sort of wood panelled dining room with candlelights kind of Tudor vibe yeah yeah I think he'd do very well I actually Wolf Hall I read Wolf Hall on my honeymoon and I had food poisoning so I was also ill when I read Wolf Hall (laughs) and it is it's a comforting they're comforting books yeah I think it's the it's the I mean it's a word that's slightly overused I think but they're so immersive so you literally go into Tudor England and are transported into another place and I love I love that about them Okay, Cromwell is a fantastic choice. Uh, he would do very well at a dinner like this as well. He's he's a courtier. He knows what he's doing, you know. But he's also a pretty honest man, you know. I think you get some forthright conversation from Cromwell. Yeah, yeah, and he's very, very clever, and I love that. I love that. So I, yeah, and I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Cromwell has arrived. He's sat next to you. Who's next? Well, then I would also like to invite his creator. I would like Hilary Mantel to come too, because um, I'm very sorry that I would never get to meet her myself, because she's one of my all-time favourite writers. So, and I would also like, because one of the other things that's magical about that book is the, the fact it's almost like she's possessed by him or he's possessed by her or something like that. Something but, like that. They have become one, haven't they, yeah. in those stories? Yeah. Symbiotic relationship. So I would like to have her as well. So they can, she can talk to him. <laughs> Although can you she imagine can't... those two meeting? I just can't <laughs> blow your mind, wouldn't it? Oh my God, you just have to sit and watch. I wouldn't yeah. have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Okay. Hilary Mantel's arrived. She's sat next to Cromwell. Well, it's another person, it's a character that I loved when I was a teenager. And I think one of the reasons I love um, Big House stories is the fact that I used to love Gormenghast, the Gormenghast trilogy oh, by Mervyn yes. Yes. Um, which I was sort of obsessed with as a teenager. And my favourite character, though he's a little bit morally ambiguous, is Steerpike, who is not unlike Thomas Cromwell, actually. He's like the kitchen boy who works his way up through the big house, kind of Machiavellian um again like Cromwell and I thought he would be a fun character to invite 
to sit alongside Thomas Cromwell. We're going to have um, some very intense conversations at this dinner table. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is a vibe, isn't it? It's going to be very intense. They're going to be sharing tips and stories and it's interesting. And also it is the, you know, because Cromwell is also a bit probably ambiguous. You know, yeah. there's times when you, you know, he makes choices that are not necessarily the right ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's the people that are most interesting. Yeah, yeah. I learned he's kind of like a kingmaker. And I like that. I love the fact that those books are focused on not, well, I mean, the king is obviously in there and he's done beautifully, but the guy who makes the stuff happen is the, what the books are about. Yeah. Oh, I like this. I love that. I, I can picture like the candlelight, everyone's yeah. sat there, you know, scheming and talking and, oh, okay, this is perfect. Okay. <laughs> who is next? Well, weirdly, this is again just from a book I read recently. I have um, two writer friends and we have decided that every year we will read two big, fat, chunky novels that we've never read before. And we read Anna Karenina together, um, which I enjoyed so much more than I thought I was going to, because in my mind, I thought it was just going to be a sort of doomed affair story. And it's not. It's like a portrait of the whole time. And my favourite character is the character Levin. Mm-hmm. if you read it but he's this kind of slightly troubled I think he's probably a stand-in for Tolstoy um but he's a kind of a deep thinker and um I'd like to invite him along I don't know why, I just I just liked him so, oh but I can imagine him you know joining in with these conversations he'd have something to add and bring to the table which I think would be important with these people yeah and the Russians I think they I feel like they bring <laughs> they're always ordering champagne in Anna Karenina and I don't know what they do in real life they'll be champagne yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll be champagne and they'll be you know in, there's lots of interesting food and drink in Anna Karenina so I think he can bring that too <laughs> yeah I think I can really picture this dinner party I can really imagine how intense it's all gonna feel it might be snowing outside I think I'm just gonna add that yeah add some snow why not anything we could do anything snow yeah we're all snug inside yeah I love this okay do you have any more people coming just a couple more and these are just favorite authors who I would like to meet I would like E Nesbitt to come along author of children's author and I would also like Louisa May Alcott author of Little Women just because I love them and I would like them to be there and they kind of like maybe lighten the mood a little bit yes it's quite an intense it's a very debate philosophy heavy thinking table going on right now and I think they would bring a bit of levity I I like this yeah although both of them actually in their own way were involved with like um well, E. Nesbitt was in the Fabian Society, which is like an earlier precursor to the Labour Party kind of ish. But oh. talking about um, lots of ideas about what society should be like, she was very interested in that kind of thing. And Louisa May Alcott's dad, I think, was involved in kind of utopian oh. societies. Yeah. So I think, I mean, they'd hold their own. Yeah. I, I love just... the fact this feels like you've really thought about people who are going to engage and like what the conversation's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah, that was love. Okay. I just want to sit there and listen. I don't think I'd talk. Maybe I'd just carry the food in and out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I mean, just to be on a fly on a wall with that that sort of, you know, table would be madness. Yeah. You can't imagine it. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And the question I also ask is, is there anybody that you don't want to come to your party? It's a hard one, this one. I honestly, when I thought about this, I couldn't think of anybody because even the characters I don't like in books... Um, I'd still, I still wouldn't turn them away from the party. Um, I can't think of anybody I wouldn't want to come really. Set me. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I think you've got a really cosy evening. 
I can really, this is one of the evenings that I can like really picture and imagine so clearly. And I think that is the fantastic thing. You've picked people who I think would just gel <laughs> and would debate so well. So thank you. That is, that is a perfect novel evening. And before I let you go, I always ask everyone who comes on records if they're reading anything at the moment. I am just about to start a proof, which I got sent in the post this week uh, by a writer called Jo Baker, who her big hit was Longbourn. Um, but she also wrote a book that I loved called um, A Country Road, A Tree. And her, her new book is called The Midnight News. And it's set in the Blitz in London. And I think it's like, um, like a thriller set in the Blitz, mm -hmm. which I'm very excited by. So I'm just about to read that. Oh, amazing. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you. And uh, yes, well, in theatre, it's amazing. Everyone needs to read it. Go get it. And I will wait with bated breath for book two. Hooray. Thank you very much for having me. It's been really fun. Oh.